Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Graham Norton Radio Show. How exciting is this? With Waitrose. Over on Virgin Radio. Up and Adam, come on. Things to do. Don't cheer. You'll just embarrass yourselves. We're not bored of it yet, so it's lovely. There's no stopping them. No stopping them. The Graham Norton Radio Show. Oh, there's nothing nicer, is there? Nothing nicer. With Waitrose. Food to feel good about. I mean, what's not to like? Saturday and Sunday from 9.30. Over on Virgin Radio. Welcome to the show. Bassos is here. Aloha. Rachel's here. Greetings. All right, and coming up very soon, on his way to Glastonbury. Yes! Rick Astley is going to be here. Rachel, tell us about Rick. Well, I mean, Rick Astley, absolute 80s icon. He is the man behind an international internet meme sensation who hasn't been Rick Rolls. He's going to Glastonbury... It's not the first time he's gone. He says he's dropped his daughter off a couple of times, but he's never performed there before. So he knows where it is. He knows where it is. He knows how to get there. (laughs) But he hasn't been through the entrance gates before, and he's going to be opening the pyramid stage on Saturday. And, of course, he is and will always be a king of Carfest. They are. They're, they're doing what? What you know? The BBC who go big on Glasto are doing what they're most looking forward to. The, the Glasto moments of the year, and they're saying yes, Elton John on Sunday night. But they're saying very much yes, <laughs> Rick Astley as well. And this, this never going to give you up. I just looked at it because I was writing his intro. Guess how many views on YouTube? Actually, you, you two are terrible at this game. I'm just going to tell you. No, but you you've got to give the Ten trillion. You've got to give the context. It's because that is the Rick Rowling thing. It's the Rick Rowling thing. Song. It's the Rick Rowling thing. How many? 1.6 billion. Yes! <laughs> and that guy is on this show today. Glastonbury's going to love this, isn't it? Actually, on his way to Glastonbury on the show, and guess what he's bringing with him? Um, food. Food. No, no. <laughs> Stop it, you two. You know you can buy food. Supermarkets are available, and you two get paid considerably, uh, you know, decently compared to lots of other people on the planet. And uh, so, no, not food. He might bring food in. Actually, he's, if he's listening, which he probably will, because he usually does on the way to the show when he's on it. Um, um, hopefully, he would listen otherwise. I don't know. I've not checked. Don't want to know the answer, just in case. Maybe he will bring some food in. I don't know. But he's definitely bringing in his new single, <gasps> which is unbelievably good. Seriously. Which he'll be playing at Glastonbury. I don't think so, on Saturday, when he opens the Pyramid stage. Rick Astley on this show. So is Pat Cummins the nicest Australian captain ever? I think he might be. All right, Australia beat us in the first test just about at the death at Edgebaston. Yesterday in the sunshine, it was awesome. 
I uh, I jigged, uh, rejigged, I punked, I riffed with the usual couch to 5K format over both days as I went couch to no K on both days. This is the longest I haven't ice bathed, four days. I haven't ice bathed four. I'll be back in the ice bath today. I haven't sauntered for four days. Obviously, I was busy over the weekend. You know with what, if you haven't, if you if you don't know, you clearly haven't listened to the show at all because I've not stopped talking about it before and since for months. Uh, but um, yeah, so I couched to 5K. I need to, to rest and recover after the weekend. So I catched a no-cade on Monday. I catched a no-cade yesterday. Uh, and you can do what you want with this format because Mira wanted to watch the cricket, but she also wanted to run. So she did the 5K to couch. Oh, nice. Never Mira. So yeah. you can couch to 5K. It's great for you. It's great for your health and your well-being. It's good, good for, It's a good thing to do. Couch to 5K. If you've never 5 k before, you start on your couch, apparently. I don't know how it works. And then you do 10K to the kitchen. Is that the first day? Is there a book in this? And then is it couch to 50K around the corner, out the door? Is it then couch to 500K? You take the kids to school? I don't know. But yesterday, Mira, 5K to couch. Yeah, that's clever. You don't that's want to good. carry on with that. You don't want to keep that going. Because because obviously couch to 5Ks, you start on your couch, you start running, mm. and then you run a bit more, and then you become a runner. If you reverse that and you carry on with the reverse flow, the reverse travel there, you're 5K to couch, to bed, to never getting up again. Mm. You don't want to go with that, but you, you just want to, you know. Uh, you napped yesterday. You had a couch moment. Fastest went to the tennis at Queen's yesterday, and then he had his running club, which is the cha chairman of... A chair. Chair of. Mm. And so he has to turn up for his running club on a Tuesday night. And it was at 6.30. He took a power nap at 6.30. It's definitely a thing. Did it work? Yes, sort of. I mean, I, it worked in that I went to sleep and it didn't affect me sleeping at night. Mm. So, so those two things worked. Yeah. I still felt really rubbish groggy. in the middle of it. Yeah, just groggy. Uh -huh. And they say if you only nap for 20 minutes, you won't feel groggy. Well, that doesn't really work for me. I do still feel groggy. And my legs still felt heavy when I was trying to run. Mm. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Equal rights for power naps. I've got to, I'm now going to mm. going to debate this on, on behalf of the power nap. Yeah. They say, you said, they say that if you only sleep for 20 minutes, you wake up and you're not groggy. Yes, if it's in the middle of the day, not if it's just before you're supposed to go to sleep, because you go to sleep about an hour after that usually. <laughs> That's not fair on the power nap. You can't say, well, I took a power nap at half past six and I woke up feeling groggy, because your body thought you'd gone to bed for the night. Your <laughs> body got excited, thought they had an early bedtime. This is my whole point. It's a thing, but did it work? Answer no, not the power nap's fault. Your fault. You took it at the wrong time. It's unfair on the power nap. I also blame the power nap a little bit for Australia winning the cricket. You can't do this. Because when I took the power nap, um, Australia were eight wickets down, mm. still needed more than 50 runs to yes. win. And I thought, oh, it's great. I'm going to take this nap. Uh -huh. And when I wake up, I'll read about all how England won the, 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 the test match. Just tell Go us. Go back to sleep, Vassal. <laughs> let's get it interesting again because it's getting uninteresting because you're talking a lot. Um, so let's go back to why you thought you needed a power nap on a Tuesday and what happens, how you feel on a Tuesday anyway. Tuesdays, especially Tuesday evenings, I am really tired. So, you know, we get up early during the week and I'm generally fine. But on Tuesday, late afternoon, all the way through until the evening, uh -huh. last Tuesday... I couldn't. I couldn't get myself out of the door. I right. Could, I could barely post a letter. It's all I needed to do, and I couldn't do it. I was Which that is ironic tired. because on a Tuesday night, I go to running. You club. need more energy than usual. Exactly. And it yeah. seems to be the day that you have least energy. Yeah. Listen, Sherlock. Think about that for a second. What's going on there? Is my body reacting against the fact that I'm going to have to run? Yeah, you're resisting. It's psychological resistance. Or is day, day exhausting? Well, pineapples. 
on centre court. <laughs> We're going to get onto pineapples later. Um, so the diary of a CEO, which is amazing, Stephen Bartlett. Stephen Bartlett's podcast. He's called Doak. Well, it looks like Doak on his on his little um, holding page there. But it's brilliant. He's brilliant. He's thirty years old. He's so successful. He's the youngest ever dragon on Dragon's Den. And his podcast is one of the most successful things he's done. And he sort of just does it for fun because like all of us, he has questions about life, about his own life, about his friends' lives. And he often talks about his pals, two experts, and sometimes himself, two experts. And um, the last podcast but one, he has a sex educator on lady. And she's not a sex therapist. She's a sex educator. And some of the questions, I'm going to I'm gonna now refer to, to SEX for the rest of the show as pineapples. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so you have the combination of date day and the running club going on. I don't know if pineapples are involved or not. I mean, that's not, it wasn't yesterday. That wasn't why you were tired yesterday. I think it's because you know you've got this thing going on and that the thought of that is making you tired and you need to surrender to it. And once you surrender to it, because if you resist it, it stays in you. Mm. If you resist, oh, I need some effort tonight. I need some energy tonight. You, you take on that thought and you let it pass through you. You let it sit and then you let it go. You can't let it go unless you first let it sit and you're putting a fence up against it. And if you're putting a fence up against it, you don't stop it getting in. You stop it having the chance of getting out you imprison that that thought that notion and that's why you're tired pal and that's that's all you need to bear in mind I, I you're welcome agree, by i the have way. to say i agree with all of that okay, excellent let's just leave well that done. leave that right very there. good i'll try it next week okay. let you know excellent fleur says hello just one more day at work straightening teeth then <laughs> then heading to the five minutes glass there to meet the gang can't wait hoping dua lipa will come out with elton john fleur well there's talk about perhaps taylor swift coming out with elton what? john on, on Sunday. She's around. There are lots of Glasto Taylor Swift rumours. Taylor Swift's tour dates for... People are getting really excited about this. People who work on the team. Trivik Tilly can barely see. She can mm. barely see. She's so discombobulated by all this. Because, I mean, she, she adores... She loves Harry Styles, but I think she likes Taylor Swift more than Harry Styles, which is sort of impossible. Is that right? More. Come on, Tails. Come and tell us how much more. So Taylor Swift announced these dates, these UK dates. I'm thinking, oh my goodness me, when can you get the tickets and when can you go and see her? And hasn't she left it a bit late? But these are for 2024. Yeah. And this is the, is it Eras? Yeah, the the Eras tour, tour, which she's she's already embarked on. She's in the middle of. Yeah. And these are dates for this tour for next year because this is how long these tours are taking nowadays. Yeah, so she's in the middle of the US portion, which has been so long. She's been doing three, four, five dates at each stadium she goes to. And they're long. Man. They're long. They're she three, does three forty-four and songs for th- over three hours. Wow! And it's non-stop. She changes her costume for every era. She dives in that mad swimming she pool. She dives in the swimming pool. Yeah. She does two surprise. She, songs. she swims into the middle of the crowd, into the round. So she's on this massive stage, traditional stage at the front of the stadium. Then halfway through the gig, she dives into the swimming pool and she swims right into the middle of the audience, in, into the 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 little sort of acoustic-y, up close and mm. personal catwalk. The section. diamond, I think. The diamond. Diamond is what yeah. they call it. Sorry, off you go. <laughs> Please keep talking about that. And uh, yeah, so she, we've been waiting for the international dates for months because she said when she first announced the US dates, international dates coming soon. And that was, I think that was either maybe even December last year. It was a while ago. So we've been waiting and I heard some rumours it was coming out this she week. She knows how to tease it out, doesn't she? Oh. She's so successful. She's so good. She's so loved. She barely puts the foot wrong. I know. Has she, she put a foot wrong anywhere? I mean, she may well have done. Let's not focus on yeah, that. Yeah, let's okay. not focus on that. And um, uh, Vassus has a date day every 
week with his wife on a Tuesday, you have a potential, um, how many? You have potential one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine date days with Taylor Swift next year. Oh. How much more do you love Taylor than Harry? I, I love Harry a lot, but Taylor is my, she's my girl. She she's has been your since girl. I was a kid. She's, I love her. But I, if I asked you about Harry out of 10, you'd say he's a 10. And Taylor's a 20. So Taylor's 20 yeah. out of 10. That's where you're going to go. Mm. So it fudges up the, um, the old 10 out of 10 scale. Yeah. She's off the scale. She is off the scale. <laughs> Have, has Taylor ever, ever shown any, any interest in Harry and the other way around? Because I think they're both single at the moment, aren't they? They have a bit of a history. So Do they? I didn't I know that. I believe it was around 2012. They were, they were photographed together, rumoured to be dating for a little bit. 11 years ago. <laughs> Oh, maybe Doesn't it was a bit later possible. than that. Doesn't seem <laughs> they possible. They were very young. <laughs> no, it may well be true. It may well be true. Wow. So you're very excited. Very excited. What's your plan, Stan? So I've got access to the pre-sale because I pre-ordered her most recent album, Midnight. Yes. So that is... It's all linked up now. It's so clever, isn't yeah, it? The way they link it up. If you, so if you, do if you, you have to have bought the album yeah. you had to pre-order it in October last year so but website. that ship has sailed oh way sailed knowing that that was going to be a key to any potential pre-sale tickets yes. and honestly I forgot I did it until I got the email and I was so pleased at my former self that's okay I mean that's just business isn't it it's 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 just mm. business. I mean, it's making as much money out of fans as possible. But she does other great things, doesn't she? Oh, as well, so many great for things. her fans. Oh, oh, she's. And if you're going to spend your money fans. on something, spend it on going to see somebody who's going to inspire you for all the right reasons and not the wrong reasons. Couldn't agree more. The richest female pop star in the world, though, is oh Beyonce. No, it's Rihanna. Is it? Oh, because yeah. of her Fenty, Fenty, yeah. Fenty, Fenty fashion line, makeup line, her Sarah hair and makeup line. Uh, mm. So well, but everybody's. I mean, the girls are smashing. They really are. And Madonna's like around the corner, isn't she? She's due here any minute now to play her O2 gigs. Thank you very much, Tilly. Thank you. All right, a little riff on this from Rachel. So you don't understand the pre-sales of the album connected with the pre-sales of tickets. I was just curious as to how that all links up, right. and if the amount of people who would have bought that album and pre-sales outnumbers the amount of tickets available. How does that work? Well, it's two ways, isn't it? Either they limit the pre-sales of the album to correlate with how many pre-sale tickets they have, or um, if you bought the album on pre-sale, you then get go into a pre-sale ticket lottery, which is also limited, but you only qualify for if you bought the album on pre-sale. And then other than that, you have to go uh, for the kick, rollick, scramble of um, the first second the tickets go online. Amazing. I think so. I mean, that's just my... I don't know if any of that's true. I'm just using common sense. I think we should all deploy common sense. It was the first time for me. It feels good. <laughs> Had I known it felt like this, I would have deployed it years and years ago. Is that com- was that common sense? I think it then? was. Well right. done. What do you think? What's your theory, Vassos? Well, we've we've registered for everywhere, and Emily's got the pre-sale because she ordered Midnight's last. Where's October. the easiest place to get tickets for? Well, you get it if you if you went onto Ticketmaster. I think it might have run out now, but if you went onto Ticketmaster last night, and mm. this is just to register, and it doesn't matter when you register. <laughs> There was still a queue of about an hour and a half just to get into the site to register. I get some people's nerves. I say it a thousand times. You don't listen to anything I say, do you? I didn't say, where's the best place to get tickets on? I said, where's the best place to get tickets for? I quite like the idea of Milan or... (laughs) Because I've, I've, I've registered for Milan. I didn't, I didn't, you're not listening again. I didn't say, where would you like to go? I said, where's the best tickets to get places for? I.e., where is it the most... Where, Where's my, got least demand? Well, Sweden. Thank you. You're welcome. Sweden. You're just saying, you're just saying stuff No, now. because there was a news story last mm. week that Sweden's gross domestic product yeah. was um, affected mm-hmm. by 
Beyonce Beyonce. going to go and play there. Not Taylor Swift. Because because Swedish people weren't so much interested in Beyonce, but loads of people came to Sweden to watch Beyonce. So maybe that would also be the case for Taylor Swift. (laughs) It might might be. It might be. Thanks for that. Go for Sweden. Should we we limit his time on the air? Is it like, (laughs) should we do that? Should we put like 15 minutes of show or... And then he's got to figure out how much nonsense to talk and for how long. This is this is totally unfair. You- <laughs> so there was this lady talking on the um, Diary of a CEO podcast, Stephen Bartlett's podcast, which I highly recommend. It's very very good. He, what's great about Stephen is he sounds wise and he he is wise beyond his years, but he's only thirty. Now, obviously, if you're 14 or you're 15 or you're 16, 30 sounds ancient. But if you're my age, or you know, if you're a bit younger than me, maybe in your 40s, you know. At the age of 30, you still have um, loads, not to learn, because that sounds patronising, but to experience. And you have a different a different rhythm of life that's coming your way. I'll just leave it like that. I'll just leave it at that. It's a different rhythm of life heading your way. It's still going to be so much more different than you could possibly imagine it. And I can hear that in his questions. So even though he's wise and he's 30... And he's very self-assured and he's very confident, but he's also happy to be vulnerable on his podcast. There is an innocence in his questions, um, which because of his age, even though he's really wise and really successful. And that's why his podcast for me is really special because he's successful. He's at the top of his game around his peers and his contemporaries and his friend groups and, and his, his, his friendship groups and his family. He is, he is the man, you know, and, and there are other characters like that around him and around the world. But from a 57-year-old's point of view, there is an innocence in his questions and in his, in his, where he is in life because he's 27 years younger than me and he's 20 years younger than 16, 17 years younger than Rachel and 18 years younger than Vassos. And that's why his podcast is brilliant. Um, for one reason or another, his penultimate podcast, and he does loads, of them, he's done hundreds of them, was with this lady who is, a, she says straight away, I'm not a sex therapist. I'm not a qualified sex therapist. I'm a sex educator. So for the rest of this conversation, I'm going to, I'm going to um, uh, substitute the word SEX for pineapples. And she, it's an amazing, you have to listen to this podcast. Whether you're happy with your pineapples or you're not happy with your pineapples or you haven't had any pineapples for ages or you've got two more pineapples than you can shake a stick at, you, you just listen to it. It's just fascinating. The stats are amazing. For example, and she, she, these are all sort of, these are, these are facts, these are stats, uh, the, these are proven, evinced studies. Did you know that? What, how amazing is this? All right. No matter where you are with your pineapples, maybe you're worried about your pineapples, maybe you're not worried about your pineapples and your partner. Did you know that in the West, 30% of couples who've been together for two years have no pineapples whatsoever? That's unbelievable, isn't it? Mm. Incredible. But it's true. And then she goes on to talk about the difference. Between, she talks about so many things. I'm just giving you some highlights because I want you, I'm, I'm nudging toward you towards listening to this podcast. And then she'll talk about, um, you know, one of the differences between um, men and women. And these are in uh, male and female uh, couplings and pairings because she says it's very different with gay couples. And she, she explains why it's very different with gay couples. Because if you're of the same, same sex as uh, your partner, then you have more of an idea of what, what kind of pineapples you want because you're the same gender mm. which is it's obvious when it's pointed out but really interesting as well and, it, and it's interesting because it informs 
why sometimes it's difficult um, to 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 serve up the right pineapples when one of you has been training for rugby for years and the other one of you has been training for football for years. You go, hang on a minute, how's football and rugby going to work sometimes? Um, so she she then goes on to say things like, um, for, for men, you know, you can go from like not wanting a pineapple at all to having had a pineapple in nine ten minutes, not a problem. Like from 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 a hundred percent not even thinking about pineapples to a hundred percent having had your pineapple in like five to ten minutes. She says with women, it's different. She says, you know. You, they have to see the pineapple on the menu, you know, uh, they have to pass a shot where there are loads of pineapples, they've got to be the right pineapples, um, they've got to have time for a pineapple, um, they've got to maybe not have a pineapple for ages or uh, back in the swing of having pineapple. There's so much more to it than that. And that's why that's why it's... it's a, one of you is speaking French sometimes, the other one's speaking a language that's not even been invented yet. And you wonder why, you know, mutual pineapple consumption can't take place for a while. <laughs> It is brilliant. And then she says, you know, a lot of men, they like to have the pineapples on a plate. Most men like, you know, they're that. No, not, no, they can consume pineapples on a plate within a given time. Only 20% of women um, are, are satisfied with pineapples on a plate. 80% off menu, off the plate. Take, take away. It's different. It's all so different. It goes on and on and on. And it is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant podcast. And what, one of the things, and it just made me smile all the way through. It made me smile. You know, you hear sighs of relief. You go, oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. You know, first of all, you've got to talk about everything more, everything more that worries you anyway, generally. But you know you have a resting heart rate. Mm-hmm. Did you know that we all have a resting libido? No. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Rachel leans into her microphone because it is really interesting. And your resting libido is your natural libido pre or post the initial explosion of romance or new pineapple opportunities. And it's about a year after you meet someone. Your libido turns reverts back to its resting rate after about a year. <laughs> I just think that's so funny because it explains so much. Don't you think? Yeah. For some, it's more, you know. Anyway, I just, I just urge you to listen to it. Tell me why you think the rest of libido is interesting. I just think everything like that is interesting. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Are you tempted to listen to it? Yes. Are you, Vassos? Yeah. How do you like them pineapples? <laughs> It's not how she recommends starting any conversation to do with the pineapples. It's great though, isn't it? Yeah. It's great. Great people doing great things. Nothing to be scared of here, people. Nothing to be worried about. Other than being worried or being scared. Love music? Love interviews with lovely musicians? Search Virgin Radio UK on YouTube to find brilliant album specials with some of the shiniest lights on our playlist, including George Ezra. This is going to be something I'll remember. That's a really lovely thing. I don't think I was able to do that in the past. And James Bay. Don't you agree that everybody needs someone when they feel alone? Watch all that and more at youtube.com slash UK. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Vassos, over to you. Our next guest will not give you up or let you down, but he will release new music, come to Carfest, go to Glasto and sell you tickets to his latest tour. His new single, Dipping My Feet, is out now and tickets to his new tour are on pre-sale this morning. He's a Rick on a roll. He's the super slick Rick Astley. (laughs) Very nice, Vassos. Welcome, Rick. (laughs) Thank you. Nice to be here. So pre-sales have now been underway for three minutes and 58 seconds. Great, there you go. Get them in there. Lovely. All right, rickastley.co.uk. That's Friday for general sales, pre-sales now for this November tour. Um, before we get into it, how come you brought us some pineapple in? Thank you, Rick. Yeah, yeah. Didn't know you cared. I was, I was listening. I was uh, listening. Thank you. Tell us about this November tour. <laughs> yeah, we start in November. We're doing two nights at the Albert Hall, and then we stop, which is a bit strange, I know, but getting the Albert Hall is difficult, getting the dates there, because it's such a busy venue, everybody it's wants to play Hall. it. Of course, yeah. So then we start again in February. So we're doing arenas in February, but we're doing... Uh, two nights at the Albert Hall and the feeling are going to be with us at the Albert Hall which I'm super excited about um, Belinda Carlisle is with us on the tour as well in February, March so yeah, amazing This is good man Super cool And is this all because you accidentally piloted similar at the Albert Hall last year? No, ish, ish We did a couple of Christmas gigs there but, I, but that night we had a full orchestra and right. I sang Frank Sinatra and Christmas songs but that was literally the week building up to Christmas Got and it. I absolutely loved it and I would love to do that again at some point, but we will be singing my more regular sort of um, set on in uh, when we go there in November. But, How yeah. good are the feeling? Amazing, absolutely amazing. I was actually um, listening to a track of theirs yesterday, funnily enough, on the radio, and and thinking, I think as a songwriting outfit, that's that's been. Re- I, I love things like Crowded House and stuff like that, which is one of my all-time favourite bands in terms of the songwriting, the craft of songwriting. And I think the feeling do that same sort of thing. I think they write really great songs and interesting stuff, you know? All right, so the feeling in yourself at Carfest. I've got to shout out Carfest. You know I have to Absolutely. do that. Absolutely. Carfest.org, August Bank Holiday. Rick is playing yet again for us. I don't know. You've nearly appeared at Carfest uh, more times than Carfest has happened. So thank you very much. I know yeah, you do that. take the odd year off and you say, I think I'll give it a rest this year. We wish you'd play every year. You said yes again this year. Thank you. Not at all. Listen, I love doing it. It's, it's as you know, it's really good fun. Anything can happen. As, as I found out, you know, um, and it's just—I think I love the atmosphere of it. It's—it's—it it, obviously we all love playing festivals to big crowds, and obviously you get an enormous crowd there. Um, but I think there's something in the water there. People have a certain attitude. It's almost like anyone can get on that stage and they are up for it. No, it's true. <laughs> what you're trying to you say? I mean? Well, no, I'm saying. What I mean is, you've you've got massive names, no, I but then you'll just pull someone out of the hat and say, "Right, you're on. Off you go, love." Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, the yeah, audience yeah. just soak it up. And I think that's that's the way it should be at a thing like that. You know, so it's lovely. So you and Craig David are basically sharing. You, I know you don't care about billing, which is why you're such a beautiful human being. But you're on, then Craig's on. Um, never the twain shall meet, but it might. You never know. You never know. I'm always up for it. Yeah, I know I mean, you are. I'll bring me spoons. Anything could happen. Right. Tell us about this. This You've brought some pineapple in. How come? What's going on with the pineapple, Rick Astley? You need to tell me. I was listening this morning about this whole pineapple thing, and I'm kind of like, never again will the other word be used in, in our household, I don't think. From now on, it's pineapple. I might even get a tattoo. 
Yeah, and says me, how come you substituted the word SEX for pineapples? Because we had this big pineapple chat, well, this big SEX chat chat this morning about this brilliant lady called Tracy Cox. She's on this amazing podcast called Diary of a CEO talking about sex education. She's a sex educator for grown-ups, not for kids. She's written 17 books and she's not a qualified sex therapist, but she's very qualified um, and she's brilliant. And I wanted to talk about this between 7.30 and 8, but I thought I'm just going to refer to it as pineapples just because it's more um, sort of uh, uh, palatable at that time in the morning, I think. Yeah. And it's funny as well. And it lightens the subject. It doesn't lighten the subject because the subject doesn't have to be heavy anyway, but it just lightens the conversation and makes it a bit more fun. And sometimes fun is a good way in. And you asked me, Rachel, as Rick entered the studio, how come... I chose the word pineapples. And yeah. I said, do you know what? I don't know. And you said, oh, well, don't you know about pineapples and, and, and rumpy yeah. pumpy? And I said, no, I don't, but you do. <laughs> well, I've just heard rumours <laughs> that pineapples can be used to signify um, a sort of willingness to join a collective. Right. Yeah. Beautifully which, couched. Which, which none of us, which n- neither me nor my husband realised before he got his very large pineapple tattoo on the oh, inside well, of his forearm. Well, you say you didn't realise. Well, I didn't, didn't realise. Just have a pineapple. Stick a pineapple on there. You know what I mean? Yeah, why did he go for the pineapple? I don't know. You'll have to ask him. Well, mm, sure. Have you, we will. If you not asked him, my He's always, he always, he's always, he likes pineapples. <laughs> this is, this conversation does. is getting more interesting by the loves, chunk. I bet he loves, oh dear. I bet he loves pineapples. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, so the whole pineapple thing, you know, this is it's very interesting, the pineapple thing. This this resting libido, did you hear that bit of the conversation? I kind of caught the end of that. I was just I was just getting here because I had to turn the radio off and come in the building, obviously, at one point. But, um, yeah, so I, I sort of got that, but I didn't quite get what was going on there. Well, you have a resting, resting heart rate, yeah, sure. which is your normal heart rate. Right. So your resting libido, as referred to in this brilliant conversation on this brilliant podcast. I'm going to be checking it out later. Um, I think we should all check it out. I think mm. I might recheck it out. Your resting libido is your normal libido pre or post any kind of exciting um, uh, window in your life. Like, you know, the, the falling, you know, you, they literally say you fall in love, don't you? Because you fall right. forward and you lose all sense of um, normality because you are overtaken by your own biochemistry. And within that, your libido is different to how it would be in resting. When you first meet someone, you mean, in that honeymoon period? Or yeah, you mean, exactly. Okay. So, and okay. they reckon the resting, your resting libido returns after about a year after a new relationship. Oh, wow. And I could now go around the street and say, so let's presume that we're all there because I'm 17, 18 years in. You're a long way in. Long time. Yeah. Vassos? Yeah, also a long way in, but my resting libido hasn't returned. I'm still... I think, I'm, I think I'll say it on, on the radio. I'm still very much yeah. in love. I really am. Yeah. And I still get butterflies when I'm going home and stuff like that. Or Lena's coming back from somewhere. Didn't ask you your rest, resting butterfly. Okay. Uh, That's a different about, thing altogether. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> yeah. um, so, anyway. Oosh. Oosh. Good morning, everybody. Oosh and douche. <laughs> Absolutely. See Rick on his headline tour this November. <laughs> And take all the pineapples you like. You should call it the pineapple tour. As dates of February 2024. There's so much to, to talk to you about. I mean, you are the greatest advert ever for for second time around, aren't you? Um, I think I've been super lucky. I think I was lucky that first go that I got. Obviously, of you, you know, I was I was right time, right place in team, team, you know, 
meeting Stock Aching Water and that whole thing. Because obviously when I met them, they were just starting out. They'd just done the Dead or Alive monster song and, you know, they'd done a couple of things and stuff. They had a couple of number one records, but they hadn't become this behemoth machine that just, like the Hit Factory, as they were called later. And it was super exciting to be there, so I was really lucky. You know, it was a stone's throw away from here, actually. And um, it was just an amazing time. Um, but I think I burnt out pretty quick, obviously, because you do in pop music very often, you know, and you see that with people today, obviously. Um, and I think, you know, so I kind of stepped away from it, but actually being given another go has been amazing. And I love it more now than I did, I think, because I'm more relaxed and more chilled. Get to talk about pineapple and various <laughs> other things, which, you know, can, didn't you, even, can, can you imagine? Didn't first... even know the world of pineapple existed when I was younger, but there you go. And um, yeah, so, you know, and um, I think I just kind of, I take it more in my stride, I think, and therefore you're, you're able more to enjoy it. Yeah, you know? if it's within your stride, yeah, you yeah. are present on yeah. the journey, aren't you, yeah. I suppose? So you are on the way to Glastonbury, you mm. know, and we could say, well, this this tops it off, this tops off the second coming of Rick Astley, but we've said that so many times before, and that's why, in a way, I'm alluding to the fact that you're the best advert for it because the, the joy just keeps on coming, you know, and they do say, don't they, you get to a certain point in anything that's good and the only way then to keep it is to give it away, which is what you're doing. And because you do it so abundantly and so selflessly, you keep, keep getting more of it. Let's talk about the pyramid stage. Let's talk about Saturday. Let's talk mm. about you kicking that off yeah. by, first of all, discussing, let's talk about other amazing moments for you on stage. So... Let's go back to the fir your first live performance. Well, first live gigs as as myself, as it were. I was I was in bands when I was back in Newton. Okay, let's go. Well, so and, the first live well, the, fir gig. the first ever gig that we did that I can actually really remember was was at our high school, which was called Selwyn Jones High School back in those days. Not mm -hmm. anymore, but it was. And we got to we got to audition with two other bands, and and. One of the other bands had all the cool kids in it. Lovely lads, but they were the cool kids. You know, they were really good looking, good at sport, all of those things. And we were a bit nerdy, really. We were a bit in the middle ground of nothing, if you know what I mean. Um, and we blew them away. We were just way better than them because yeah. we practised all the time and we, we really wanted it. So we got to play at the Valentine's Disco and... I think everything changed for me after that night because I, I was drumming at that point, but singing a couple of police How songs. At the time? I was 15, I think. I was just about to turn, or I just turned 16. I just had my 16th birthday because right. I'm in February. And um, I just thought, this is amazing. And I just absolutely loved it. And, you know, I'd sung in school plays and in the choir and stuff like that, but I'd never been in a little, what we thought of as being like a little, I'm not going to call it rock, but a little band where you're doing yeah, covers yeah, yeah. and stuff and playing. And it was just amazing. And I just loved it. And the reaction from the audience. And I think something in me changed that night. And even though I wasn't the singer at that point, um, and to be honest, I could have carried on being a drummer, I think. I think I would have... Well, you still love to get behind I the do kit. Love, I love getting behind the kit. And well, you're I, home and I, behind the kit. I, 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 very much so. I just think it's... You have a drummer's mentality because you don't... I mean, you're quite comfortable being front and centre now, but you yeah. weren't always. No, I wasn't, no. And I think I think some people are born as front women, front men. They just are. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And and I, I don't... I don't. I can't see Beyonce being on the drums somehow. Do you know what I mean? She needs to be at the front of the stage because that's who... That's everything about her DNA and everything. Yeah. Um, and I think people are or they aren't. And I think I've slowly got more comfortable with it. But again, like we talked about before, because I'm more within myself, I think, these days than I was when I was a kid, I'm more able to have fun with an audience rather than be kind of slightly terrified by them. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, of course. And so... Yeah, I still love playing drums and I'm and I love getting on the kit and you know, but how was the currency of cool that night? Did it pass from the cool I, kids? I got five Valentine's cards that year. I'd never had one before that. And how did the the guys who were cool in a 
half decent band, but nowhere near as good as you. What happened? What happened? Well, then? they were still cooler than us, and we were still the Muppets, really. Do you know what I mean? I but bet, it was just that. that but but it was just we were visible all of a sudden, and I was invisible at that school at that point. You know what I mean? I was just some other kid with like longish red hair. You know. Who was a drummer in a band Little that nobody knew about know. it? Little did they know. All right, so we've heard about you. You know, we've seen you in some mega gigs, Foo Fighters, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. As I say, we are heading towards Glastonbury. We'll get there in a second mm. or two. Um, so, so that was the first gig, or the first gig of any note. You know, you popped your cherry, and life changed there mm. and then. You changed there and then as a person, and the journey began. I suppose. Mm. Give us two more really memorable. Um, Let's do a top five. So that's number oh, one. Okay. All right. Well, I, I got to play on the first tour I ever did. Um, we, you know, they, those people who do these things for you, uh, booked Wembley Arena. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? And they said, two nights. And I'm like, excuse me? You know, it's like, because <laughs> obviously I think people used to say, you know, hello, Wembley was like a rite of passage, wasn't it? The moment you walk out and say, hello, Wembley, it's over, you've done it. And I don't mean the football stadium, by the way, which all the big acts seem to play these days, but because nobody played Wembley Stadium, that was that was something else. Live Wembley age. Stadium was like, yeah, it was just an Live oddity. Live nothing. Yeah. But Wembley Arena was like this sort of hallowed ground and something, you know. I didn't play Hammersmith up until fairly recently, to be honest, which was weird. It just didn't come on the list, you know. But um, but Wembley was absolutely that was a that was just a weird moment. I think that was just like, what are we doing here? This is just crazy. How did it go? It was great, you know, because you know I was twenty two, I think, and you know I had had five or six hit records at that point. I was on my second album, and it was just yeah, it was, but just just bonkers, you know. You kind of think. Who else has played there over the years? Yeah, and, yeah. you know, um, another one is Radio City in New York because wow. going to America is something else anyway. It's just, I think from a music perspective, a lot of my favourite singers are from America, if I'm, if I'm honest. A lot of people in R&B and soul and all the rest of it. And so going to Radio City is, I mean, that, I'm sure you've been to that venue at some uh, point in your life. It's gorgeous. I've seen Aretha Franklin there. I've seen a bunch of people there, you know, household names there and stuff. And But to actually walk in there, and I have my family with me as well. They all came to New York and the East Coast for a long week sort of thing. And it was just nuts. It was just like, what are we doing here? You know, it's like, uh, and I'm not, and I know, and you've used this term actually when we've spoken about false modesty. It's not. It's actually just going, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. It, it, there is, I think now I have got used to things, and, and if I do get to play at a big venue, I'm, I, I do take it more in my stride and go, let's own it. Let's just be here and own it and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. But at the time, it was almost like it was almost like I was chasing my own shadow a bit. Like, you know, it didn't really feel like me walking out there sometimes because I hadn't grown into my old, own shoes yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I love that. Well, that's three out of five. Now, bear in mind that number five is going to be Glastonbury. So okay, you've okay, so got one a... to fit in. Well, you, got... you mentioned it before, Foo Fighters. I'm going to have to bring that up then because you, you, you've let that cat out the bag. I was in Japan a few years back now and festivals being what they are, they're very eclectic. You can have a bit like, you know, Guns N' Roses, a headline in the night I play at Glastonbury. Work that out for a, for a, a lineup. <laughs> a I'm on first and it ends up with Guns N' Roses. What? Um, so anyway, Foo Fighters were playing and I'm a, you know, I'm a drummer at the end of the day. Somewhere in my DNA, I'm a drummer. And obviously they, you know, both of the drummers that have been in that band are just incredible and two sort of my favourites and all the rest of it. So um, Lena, my wife and I and the, some of our band and crew said, we've got to get as close to the stage as we can because we'll never get the chance again to be right there. So we just stood right at the side of the stage and I had a couple of beers. I was jet lagged because it was Japan. And all of a sudden, 
I end up on stage because Dave Grohl's come over and give me a hug and said, come out and sing, you know. He didn't say it then, by the way. One of his crew came over, gave me a mic and said, Dave wants you out front. So I went out. So he knew you were there? Yeah, because he gave me a hug. He saw me at the side of the stage. Right. And, and somehow they'd learnt never going to give you up and they jammed it in, in the <laughs> thing so before because funny. they'd said, if we see him, we're dragging him on stage kind of thing. So funny, man. Not thinking that I would be probably stood by the side of the stage 20 feet away from them. So I ended up singing to 50,000 people with the Foo Fighters, a weird version of Never Gonna Give You Up, a wonderful version, by the way. And they loved it. They loved uh, it was it. just, it was just mad. It was proper nuts, you know. And I, did you have in ears and all that? No, no, no. They just, they, they, they're, they're like proper, you know, rock and roll. So and everything that they have. Yeah, I think some of the guys use in ears sometimes, but they, they did add monitors. You on could stage. hear yourself. Oh, I could though. hear myself. Yeah, um, but. I mean, talk about out-of-body experiences. That was a bit weird. And if right. you do catch it on YouTube, I'm not promoting them on, but if you do, there's quite a bit of swearing at the beginning of it because I just lost myself in that moment, just so yeah, you know. We're Virgin Radio. It's all right. It's okay, all right. All right. It's, it's okay man. It's all good here. So, Glastonbury, this Saturday, yeah. you've been before, but only to drop your daughter <laughs> off. Hilarious. I know. I know. That's sad, isn't it? Really? No, it's yeah. cool. I, I used to drop Amelia, yeah. not our daughter. I used to drop her off at festivals sometimes because, you know, you, you looked at the train and they matter stuff that they take to a festival and tents and on those what and everything so i said look i'll take you it's fine you know so i took her and a bunch of friends a couple of times and um i've got to be honest glastonbury felt really comfy i'm not going to name them right now but there's one or two of the festivals she went to and i was like oh why is my daughter going to this oh you know because as a dad you know you're all you know but i'm not going to mention them they're a bit more rock and roll let's say in that sort of whatever let's get off that we can well, all hear them anyway <laughs> ringing in our ears glastonbury <laughs> it just had a bit of a something about it as you approached it everyone had a smile on the face yeah. everyone everyone it i think it is i think as a as a global community thing of wanting to do something together in fields a bit like Carfest, to be honest but you know as that sort of thing of there's something going on here yeah that is about the bands and all the performers Di and all the there's people a lot of diversity doing, isn't there there is there's so much going on and the attitude of people just seem to be i'll just describe it as lovely yeah and that's not what you always associate with rock and roll sometimes. You think there's a bit of, you know, it's very edge to peace it. and love at Glastonbury, yeah, isn't it? Think, it's I, the 60s it as, the, as the 2023s can get, really. I, I'm, I guess so. I mean, it's just, it, yeah. So I'm super looking forward to it. So hang on, no. so hang on, hang on. Yeah, go on. You've never been? No. no. <laughs> it's so funny. I know, but, but, it, but it's, it's great, though. I, I sort of think that's all right because no, I don't it's know what really to expect. Right. Yeah, I don't know what to expect so at all. You've never been to Glastonbury. I've spoken to a few friends who played there and stuff and what have you, but I, I no, I don't really know. So, so. when he, so how, what's we're the going to, we're, we're on our way. We're going, we're going to be there tomorrow and um, we're just going to soak it up. And just so you're going to hang and play? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to stay the whole thing because I want to see Elton's. Last British gig, and um, you know that that's a bit of a family thing because we're good friends with uh, David Johnson, who's played guitar for Elton for yeah, yeah, forever, yeah. ever, and uh, you know all his kids and stuff, and his wife and everything. So we're gonna, we I just want to be there for that. I saw his last arena show, and it was pretty amazing. So you're um, Thursday, you land tomorrow Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. It's good. Oh, I see monkeys on Friday. I know, monster. But I, I think I might have to leave a little bit into their set because I just... Because their voice. I, I, well, I, I want to... I just... Because I know I'm going to be singing along to things because I don't know about you, but I can't help it. I just sing at gigs. I can't help myself. You'd be all right if you don't drink, I reckon. I mean, you know this better than I yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, I don't... It's usually the booze, isn't I'm it? I'm okay about not drinking, to be honest. I think to myself, you know what? I'll be done on Saturday afternoon, so I'll, I'll have a few drinks then and just soak into it and just enjoy it, and, you know. Can we talk about Lena? Your amazing partner <laughs> so can do, but she'll kill me for it and you when she sees you yeah, no yeah. no because she won't really because we're not i'm going to talk about something to do with your voice because mm. i talked to her on the phone on monday night oh and yeah. she could barely speak well we haven't we haven't 
Well, we're going pineapples again, everybody. We haven't slept in the same bed for five days now. Because? Because she's got a sore throat, so we're keeping away from each other. And yeah. we've had, like, FaceTime chats and all the rest of it and texted with each other and everything. But we haven't actually... We've had a couple of dinners at the other end of... We've got a longish table You've in You've got our a bit garden. COVID on us, haven't you? A, kind of, a tiny bit, yeah. We're just keeping away from each other, so... But I'm fine right now. I'm good. I'm rocking, so, yeah. Let's talk about Alex Turner not having a voice as well since the weekend. So... Arctic Monkey smashed Emirates on Saturday. Apparently, mm. it was unbelievable. Mm. Unbel- I've never seen the Arctic Monkeys. I've mm. seen Last Shadow Puppets, but I've never seen the Arctic Monkeys. I'd love to see them. Mm. Um, but you're not going to stay for the Arctic Monkeys. Who else is on well, the radar? I am. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it, but all I'm trying to say is I'm going to try and... I've just got to remember the fact I've got to get up early <laughs> the next be morning. Because it is early. You know, what it's time like, do you start on we Saturday? We start at 12, so we've got to be in there super early. We've got to get our gear together and all the rest of Pyramid it. Pyramid stage so. midday. Yeah, it's bonkers, man. You know, I mean, it's like... We're opening it. It's that I still can't get over that fact, but we'll, you know, I'm just gonna. Who else are you looking forward to seeing? Do you know? Um, well, I want to see Elton. Obviously, that's a given. But that's that's. I mean, that's. You heard about that's pulp, another... uh, pulp popping up? I've heard about somebody popping up. Yeah, I don't know whether it's Hosier pulp, pulp. Yeah. Oh, you look at your uh, face. What? There's something was... you can't tell me that no, now when you, you were... tell me. Oh, no, I didn't know pulp. Don't play poker. Whatever you did, that those lips, they were such giveaway lips then. <laughs> You start, his lips started quivering, didn't they? <laughs> You're either pucking up, well, to, pucking up for a kiss or trying to stifle a secret. No, but they always do that, Glastonbury, don't they? They always have a little, you know... Yeah, but you clearly know who it is. Well, I, I might do, I might do. Twist my arm after the show, you never know. All right, um, rickastley.co.uk. <clears throat> Pre-sales have gone on um, this morning. This is for November and February. Uh, general sales this Friday, 9.30, rickastley.co.uk. And the ninth album, Are We There Yet? released on Friday the 6th of October and the new single you brought in with us indeed for, for, for us to play today indeed we've played it already alright oh, great oh wow okay. no but we're going to play it again but you're oh. not supposed to know we played it <laughs> okay we were too excited we played it off the air right. and then I just happened to play it on the air alright oh, you just happened to do that yeah. there you go thank dip you very in much. my feet come on yeah. tell us about dipping my feet um, I think Lena and I funnily enough spent five months in America last year and uh, three of that was touring um, with some other bands actually it was really good fun it was a totally different thing to I I've never done anything like that before it was with um, New Kids on the Block uh, on Vogue and Salt and Pepper. And this and was believe a stadium me, was tour, wasn't it? No, it wasn't stadiums, it was arenas. Bigger arenas. We did a lot. Yeah, okay. we did, and we did 56 of them, you know, because New Kids on the Block, by the way, are still massive. I mean, you 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 know, they've got other careers in whatever they do with film and all TV and all this. Anyway, blah, blah. So we went there, <laughs> and it was great. It was really good fun, but we did 20-odd thousand miles, like, on a tour bus, you right. know. And But I didn't want to sleep on the bus because eventually it catches up with me that I don't get enough sleep, and then my voice goes... So we said, well, we'll do the driving in the day. And Nat, who's driven us there before, he's a lovely bloke. And he said, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it because they normally go through the night. So we did it in the day. So we actually saw quite a lot of America, which a lot of time when you're touring there, you don't because you wake up somewhere outside a venue or underneath a venue sometimes, you know, in a bus. And you do your sound check, you do your gig. Before you know what you're doing, you're getting back on the bus, go to sleep and wake up somewhere else. And so we were on these roads and it was just unbelievable. Um... I don't know how much driving you've done in America or anybody listening has, but quite it, a lot. Yeah, in some yeah. of those roads, like you keep looking at it, going, "Okay, what is going on?" Because you can see almost twenty miles in front you of you. Well, either side, almost. you can see seventy miles. Yeah, and there's just nothing. If you're in Nevada, it's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is what the rest of the world looks like. Because yeah. I'm now looking at the rest of the world. Yeah, it's pretty mad. I think it is. It is, and I love it. And I've done. I've driven across America with a friend once as well, and just I just like it. I like driving that whole thing. Uh, but one of the drives we did, we wanted to see Paul McCartney. And so we took a detour, Lena and I. So we, we rented a, a big truck sort of thing and what have you. 
and off we went and we went to see him um near dallas and amazing what a gig that was by the way just uh, talk about perspective 80 years on, old just yeah, smashing I mean, it just just hold the phone it was just we cried <laughs> we laughed it was just amazing the whole thing it was absolutely beautiful um but then we had to get to new orleans and uh, but i like a drive you know what i mean so we're driving there how and, far is that uh it's about 10 hours i think whatever. Right. and we had a gig that night as well so we got up really early and we just did it and um but anyway i think i've crossed the mississippi river on that tour, I don't know how many times. It's a big old river. It goes through a lot of America. And a lot of that whole trip was about, that's why I call the album Are We There Yet, really? No, it, it, nice. Not because it's I just like America. That, because, well, because we just kept looking out the window and like you do as a kid to your mum and dad in the car saying, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And we just keep going to the front of the bus to Nat going, are we there yet? <laughs> it's like so. Like, yeah, yeah. He said, just look ahead, brother. You know what I mean? We've yeah. got a long way. Are we there? Well, and, you're never there. You're always here. That's the point, isn't it? Yeah, well, I guess, yeah. But, it, but it's... Yeah, well, that's partly also the name of the album because I sometimes wonder at my age, you know, we're 57, and I, and I sometimes wonder, well, when do you feel you're there? And on the one end, you've just said you're always there, and yes, you are, but there's always a bit of something else. And I don't mean that negatively, like chasing something. I just mean there are other new things always to do because the world changes all the time, doesn't it? You know what I mean? And, you, and what you thought was normal now and like you've got that sorted and i know how to do that well someone will change it tomorrow so yeah get with it you know what i mean so it. that's kind of what it's about really great explanation and a lovely theme for the album so written mostly on the road maybe some of it was i tried really hard to write things on the bus to be honest but i just couldn't i wanted to look out the window and and it was all about we lena she loves to cook and she bought an air fryer by the way <laughs> this is a whole show this <laughs> This is a whole but show. We haven't got time you know, for this. We are way over time, but it doesn't matter. I we don't really mind. As long as Eddie doesn't mind, um, doesn't we, matter. We haven't, we haven't got time for the air fryer thing. But anyway, we, we ate so well on that tour. It was unbelievable because um, we ate really healthy and everything. We are trying to stay healthy and all of it. Good job and, we played the new single already. <laughs> anyway, I'll get off the air fryer. Yeah, I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. Get off the air. Let, yeah, let let the let's air get fryer. off the air. Uh, Rick, I could talk to you all day. You could clearly, you're in the chatting mood. I love it. <laughs> He's very excited about um, Glastonbury. RickGlastonbury.co.uk for tickets. <laughs> For everything. Rick, great to see you, man. Thank you. Love the 80s? Then you'll love Virgin Radio 80s Plus. Love Chris Evans. Love the 80s. Over on Virgin Radio. 80s Plus.